Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hi on Facebook Live. Oh, man, I didn't do You know what I want to do for you guys on Facebook Live is have my phone here so I can see who's watching, if there's just one of you or if my friends from other parts of the world are watching. Sometimes you are. So if you are over there in Zambia, hello. Happy, um, see, it's 10 hours in our future. So what would that be? 8 p.m. tonight? Is that right? Yeah. I hope you had a good day. If you want to know how tomorrow's going to turn out, just call someone on the other side of the world because they're already there. So you can ask them about the stock market, you know. No, you can't do that. <laughs> anyway, hi, everybody. Ah, you know what? It feels like fall happened. Did that happen to you too? Like, I got up in the morning, I was cold. And I had a blanket on, <laughs> my little cup of coffee. I love starting day. Do you start days out like that? Or do you, like, get out of bed and the alarm, like, sh- throws you out of bed because you're late for work and you run? <laughs> Is that more like you? Or you? Coffee? Coffee? Kind of. Well, you're retired, though, so you kind of have that mellow. Coffee and a cat. Who has cats? Who has dogs? Who just has you and your coffee <laughs> or your tea? Well, it's good to be together. And, of course, it's Thanksgiving week. Did you know that? You didn't know that. Are you guys talking to me today? Okay, let's try this. Uh, if you haven't figured out, I need a talk back church. So let's see. Um, let's pretend I said something really inspirational. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> say, and let's say I'm not doing so well. Someone will say, help him, Lord. <laughs> help him, Jesus. <laughs> Bless him, Lord, like that. Okay. Hallelujahs are good. Mark, you got it. I love churches like that. Have you ever been in a church like that? I like, I like the church where there's a dude on an organ who's accompanying the preacher, and it's kind of going together, and then the preacher starts singing. Oh, yeah. I like, anyway, where was I? Oh, we're going to talk about that. Entering God's presence with thanksgiving is um, a, a title I chose, and it comes out of a scripture. You can see Psalm 95 Verse 2, that says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. And there's kind of a double meaning. We can come into the presence of the Lord, bringing our thanksgiving with us. That's one meaning. But the other meaning is that thanksgiving is actually a way to open the gates to get us into the presence of the Lord, which gives you a lot of, I guess nowadays they would say agency. You have agency. In other words, you have a role that you can play that's effective in entering the presence of the Lord. And so we're going to talk a bit about thanksgiving and its power. And I don't mean thanksgiving the holiday. I mean the giving of thanks. Very powerful weapon that God has given us, a weapon for fighting our spiritual battles. In my experience, there are two really big guns in the arsenal of spiritual warfare that I've discovered over the years working with people. One is the power of forgiveness. When I meet someone in a counseling situation who's been traumatized, who's had a lot of difficulties in their life that keep coming up, the most amazing, powerful thing we seem to ever run into is when we walk through the process of what forgiveness is in God's world. By the way, forgiveness doesn't mean letting someone hurt you again and act like nothing happened. It does mean taking the debt that someone owes you for what they've done to you and giving that to God and saying, God, my hands are off. This is on you now. Take care of this. As for me, they owe me nothing. Forgiveness is powerful. Thanksgiving is extremely powerful in our life in Christ. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, We'll get to Psalm 100. It's not on the screen, but Psalm 100 says this, we enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. You'll often see thanksgiving and praise go together. And I I just want to say this for whoever is listening here in the room and um, online and in the future online. What we'll talk about today is effective for anyone to some degree. 
but it's really, really effective and applicable to those who've come alive spiritually in the only way that anyone can really come alive spiritually, and that is by trusting our lives into the hands of our Creator. You were designed and created by God and for God, and your life comes from Him, is rooted in Him, and the source of your life is in Him. And anyone who's disconnected from that relationship never fully enters into the life that's available for us. So Jesus came saying that you can enter into God's kingdom now. Anyone can. You don't have to be super religious. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be anything other than ready to say yes to the gift of life, of salvation, of entry into God's kingdom. So what we talk about today is especially effective for those who say yes to Jesus and the offer of complete salvation paid in full by Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. Does that make sense to anybody? So that was a good amen one, okay? But you just were so into it that you were like, did you forget? Come on, Fabi, give me an amen. <laughs> so and you'll find as you read through the Bible stories and the Bible text that thanksgiving and joy are really often connected. And we'll probably talk about that as a bit. I actually don't even know exactly how I'm going to lay this all out. I've got so much I want to say, but I'll probably just do like we're having coffee together, and I'll just start talking and see where we go. But I do know this. Before I get into opening up the Bible with you, I invited Jennifer Roe Goodwin, if you want to come back up, to tell a story about her life. Because you often see her as joyful Jennifer, always smiling. You see her often over on this side of the church with a banner during worship, and she's dancing, and she's so expressive, and I know that there's a story behind what she's doing in her joy and her worship, and I thought it'd be great for you to hear this, because it has, it's really connected to how joy can come in the midst of pain and loss and sorrow, how God can redeem, and thankfulness we'll see, um, I believe, will, will become part of that story, but anyway, Jennifer, do you, you need a mic, and it, it's over there. I'll go grab one for you. Just run on over. You know, I'm thankful that I can run on over here and grab a mic. Let's see if this is working. There you go. Thank you, Ron. Talk to us, Jennifer. <laughs> Hello again. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's an honor this morning, excuse me, one moment. It's an honor and a joy to share just a piece of my testimony this morning as we're preparing for Thanksgiving. My joy has been restored. <laughs> and I'm going to just share um, just a piece of that with you this morning. So in the fall of 2006, I woke up and I went for a run. And I was, I had this big hill that I, in Oregon that I lived by. And I went down the hill and I went to work out on my run at the gym. And then I came back and I ran up the hill. And that's the last time I ran for five years. I got into a car accident that day, and you know when they say the statistics are that usually it's within a mile, the highest number from your house. Well, that was true for me. I was a little distracted that day. And I looked away from the road for just a moment, and when I came back, I was going 40 miles per hour and came to a dead stop that hit a car, that hit a car, that hit a car. So it was like hitting a brick wall at 40 miles per hour. And my body was injured from head to toe. I had whiplash, concussion, fractured pelvis. My knee had hit under the dashboard, which fractured my pelvis. I had a horrible headache for like the first year, every single day. My body, the soft tissue damage was so bad that my children could barely even hug me. My body was so injured. It was so bad that I could barely 
stir a spoon. Barely stir a spoon. And when I walked, I held on to the wall because I didn't want to use a crutch because I was determined to get better. So my walk was about like this for a long time, for a really long time. The thing is, is that you couldn't really see my injuries. They were mostly inside. Soft tissue damage, everything. But I was hurting. On a scale of 1 to 10, it was probably 20. And I didn't want to take any narcotics, as my body's pretty sensitive to anything like that. So um, the, I basically was on a strong leave. That's it. So my body, I was enduring a lot of pain. And I went from being very active as a mother, working, volunteer. I wore many, many hats. I was involved in church to where I couldn't do anything. I could barely even take care of myself. And over the course of that, that year, that first year, I lost almost everything, including my family. Everything just crumbled. Somebody here might know what that feels like. Lose your health, lose your family. I feel like I can't do anything. But God. So I prayed. I, I prayed, and I asked the Lord to send me a friend. And do you know in a very short amount of time that he brought me a good friend? And one of the first things she did was pick me up to take me to Bible study. And she would pick me up, and she would hold my arm and walk me slowly to the car. And she'd hold my Bible and my pillow and take me into the car, help me into the car, every seatbelt, everything and then all the way to our Bible study. And I couldn't sit in chairs because my back was too damaged. I'd have to sit on the ground. And she would help me to the ground all the way and then help me back up, take me back home. And do you know the Bible study was called Lord Help My Hurts? I mean, of course, because God is that good, right? <laughs> the timing was amazing. The precepts, what Lord was teaching me in through that time, was I was so busy serving and giving to everyone else. And God was there, but he was not number one. And taking care of myself was in the back. So my priorities were out of order. And it was a really, really, really tough season. And I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So it took me three and a half years just to walk around my block for leisure, three and a half years. The doctor said I would be good in like six to eight weeks. And it took me, like I said to you, five years to run again. And I was very active in fitness and took really good care of my health in that sense. So I'm telling you a bit of this piece because I want you to understand when you see me standing up here dancing, God gets all the glory from where he's taken me from to where I am now. So the, all those many years it took to get stronger and better, and I eventually started working at the gym, teaching in the water, because that was the best place with the least amount of pain. I developed fibromyalgia because of all the pain and everything that I had. So I was dealing with chronic daily pain. So I started at the gym in the pool for many years. And then I started teaching in the pool. And I finally got strong enough to be able to dance again. And then I started teaching Zumba. <laughs> I even taught aqua Zumba. <laughs> it was really fun. So I eventually moved down here a few years ago. And in the process of during COVID, I was preparing to go to Africa. And 
I decided to get the COVID vaccine. And for me, within 10 minutes of having the COVID vaccine, this is just my story, this is not a political statement in any way. Um, after 10 minutes, I had some mental confusion and some a blurred vision. And then my head started to burn right here. And it was really burning. And something had, for me, because likely because of my fibromyalgia and issues, it, it caused um, kind of like stroke-like symptoms, a strong inflammatory response to my body. And that made my body very, very um, shaky. Um, I could not think. I was having a really difficult time uh, with my, and I'm still to this day, uh, having trouble with my memory. But I had a trouble walking upstairs. I was passing out after I had it. And it completely changed. Like, I wasn't able to go to Africa. The plans that God had for me moving forward, I couldn't even think. And I started to, I started to question whether I could still fulfill the purpose that God had for me. Because I was having trouble with my memory. I was having trouble with my body. So all those things that I had before, now they were even worse. So I was seeing neurologists, still seeing them, see, having all these different doctor's appointments because my body is shaking. They put me on steroids, and that started to calm my body down, the inflammation. But I was even having trouble with my speech. I was having slurred words. And I was thinking, Lord, how can I accomplish what you've called me to do, even going to Africa, when I can't even think? How can I even get through this day with the amount of pain that I'm in? And I felt like I went backwards, back to that place, 2006, when I had trouble thinking, when I was in extreme pain. And how could I... How would God allow me to go through all of that again? How can I accomplish what he wants for me to accomplish? And so my joy started to dwindle. My joy started to be stolen. And I'm going to back it up just a little bit. Prior to that, during COVID, the Lord said, boots on the ground. He wanted me to be boots on the ground. So I took a job at a children's hospital here in San Diego, working with children in, the psych in a psychiatric unit. And at that time, I was pretty joyful. And I got the honor and privilege every day to speak life into hurting children, children that wanted to take their lives, children who've who have had extreme trauma and abuse in their lives, children that were homicidal. And there was this one particular girl who really struggled with me. And she struggled with borderline personality disorder, and she'd ex really, really had a lot of abuse and trauma in her life. And she was 17 and a half years old. And the joy that I had, it seemed to hurt her. And one day, I think her pain, just she had so much pain, and seeing the joy just hurt her. And so one day she looked at me and she said, you're too happy. And had this really disdained look on her face. And that day, she assaulted me and that's how this injury happened. And I felt her pain. I felt her pain. And that was part of the beginning of the stealing of my joy. That's what it was meant to do, to steal my joy. And then after that is when I had the COVID vaccine, which just was like another thing to like, Still my joy. And so 
in this last year, we we were going to a home group at Natalia's house, and the Lord had put it on Pastor Ron's heart to pray for me. And he said specifically that the Holy Spirit wanted him to pray for my joy to be restored. Let me tell you about the power of prayer. (laughs) So not only did he pray, but our whole home group prayed. And I just thank you so much. And I thank God and the Holy Spirit because that night, my joy was restored. (laughs) See, life can throw you difficulties. You could have health issues. You can have family issues. You could lose your job. You can have financial issues. There's so many things that can happen in life. That, and, all those, and it could be a lot of little things that add up to something big to steal your joy. The enemies come to kill, steal, and destroy your joy. He does not want you to be able to live and walk in freedom and be alive in Christ. And it was just these these, these things that added up to the place to where it was stealing and robbing me of my joy. And when the Holy Spirit put that on his heart, and when they prayed for me, when I say my joy was restored, I'm saying from that moment to today, my joy has been restored. <laughs> and let me tell you, I, have, I still have pain. This still hurts every single day. I'm still dealing with fibromyalgia. I'm still having trouble with my memory. Like I said, many of the things that you see, my disabilities, many of them you don't see, the chronic pain that I'm in. And the fact that I'm over here dancing. But as Pastor said, we think about like when we want to come against the enemy, we're going to walk it out in faith. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to raise that flag and I'm going to praise God despite my pain. And you know what? He increases my joy. My joy overrides the pain. It doesn't mean that the pain always stops. Sometimes it does. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. And let me tell you, the enemy did not want me to get to Africa this last month. Because remember, I didn't go last year after the COVID vaccine, it was meant to knock me out and to steal my joy. And that was the driving force. Even along the trip, in the mission trip in Africa, I was in pain, in sometimes very incredible pain. But the, but the Lord was there. He gave me strength. The Holy Spirit gave me strength, and I was able to share the hope that I have in Christ, despite all the things that have happened to me, and he wants that for each one of you, too, no matter what you're going through. No matter what you're going through. Every day, I count my blessings. Every day, I'm grateful. Every single day, the Lord has given me a beautiful husband who loves me, who builds me up, who encourages me. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) He has given me a beautiful congregation that I'm able to fellowship with and a friend in, in so many of you. And I'm so grateful. And awesome pastors, amazing staff. He is, there are so many things that I can thank the Lord for. And let me tell you, coming into Thanksgiving, whatever you may be going through, It's not bigger than God. He's already paid the price. He wants you to walk in the fullness of joy, the fullness of joy, despite your circumstances. He wants us to live our lives thriving, not surviving. Is anybody out there just surviving? Is anyone tired of just surviving? Because he wants you to thrive. He wants you to thrive. It doesn't matter how much pain you're in. Not saying that your pain doesn't matter. I'm saying that God is bigger. God will give you strength despite your circumstances. And so I just just want to pray for anybody right now that may be going through a large challenge. 
for anyone that is really hurting today and suffering and loves the Lord and doesn't understand why, why this again? Why they're going through this again? Why is their child going through this again? Why is their parents suffering? Why are my finances this way? Why don't I have a home? Why can't I be healthy? Why don't I have a friend? If anyone has any of these things or maybe whatever it is that's unspoken in your heart, I just want to lift you up in prayer now. Father, I just thank you so much that you have given me a voice, a voice for the voiceless. I thank you for restoring my joy. I thank you that you are the God of hope. I thank you that you are a good, good father. I thank you that you love us with an everlasting love that never stops. And there's nothing that can separate your love from me or anyone here, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you you restore. I thank you, Lord, that you are the great redeemer. And Lord, we just give you so much thanks and so much praise today. Father, I pray that you are in each and every situation here, whatever's going on, that you can turn their mourning into dancing. Lord, I pray that you would just heal whatever hurts that may be emotional hurts, Lord, in their lives. There may be physical hurts, Lord, but you have already paid the price, Lord, that you are our healer. And despite anything that may be going on, Lord, I just pray for complete and total spiritual healing for each and every person here, anyone online. God, we just look to you. We look to you, Father. We look to you, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that you direct our steps, that you direct our path. We thank you that you bring people into our lives to walk alongside us. Lord, who needs a friend today? I pray for someone who needs a friend today that they will receive the gift of friendship. Oh, who needs a physical healing, Lord, today? I pray whoever needs a physical healing. In your name, Jesus, I pray for complete and total healing even today in your name. God. You are such a good God. I thank you so much for each and every person here. I thank you for each and every person that's watching, Lord, that you will meet their needs. You will meet their needs in your timing. And, Lord, I thank you, you say in your word in Romans 8, 28, that you are working things out for the good of those who love you according to your purpose. And so, God, I thank you that we can look to you for your word, for your promises, for hope in the midst of anything that may be going on in our lives. Lord, I pray a special blessing over each and every one that is here today and online. Lord, we love you. We love you, Father. We love you. Lord, we give you this day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Wow. That was a lot to take in, huh? Thanksgiving, I said, is is powerful. There's something that's negatively powerful, and that's called complaining. (laughs) And, um... If, if you ever want to frighten me, all you need to do is get involved in something that we're doing together for the Lord and start complaining next to me. And I will get scared. Because bad things happen when people complain. It makes me, it literally makes me nervous when people start complaining. Because I've read, have you all read the Bible? You, you, okay. One of the most... A story that is so devastating for me, that has potential hope and then just comes crashing down in the Bible. It gets redeemed at the end, but it's the story that we won't take time to read it, so I'll tell it to you, because it would just take a long time to read through it. But there are some scriptures I hope to get to to read with you as we talk about this topic. But you got to know this story if you're not aware of it. The story of when the children of Israel had been rescued from their oppression and slavery, 
and they got to the border of the promised land. You can read about it in Numbers, well, I think it's like 13 and 14, the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and you might want to read this. It'll put the fear of God in you about complaining. So God goes and gets Moses, and you know, you know the story, right? Moses at the burning bush, and God says, listen, Moses, I've been listening to the prayers of my people who are oppressed in Egypt right now, and I'm concerned about them. So I've decided to rescue them, and I'm sending you to go get them. You're going to go, and you're going to tell Pharaoh, let my people go so they can worship me. They become a nation of slaves. Actually, they weren't even a nation yet. They were just a crowd of people all related to each other, getting close to a million people at this point, as far as we can tell. Oppressed, building Pharaoh's cities as slaves in Egypt. You know the story, right? You've seen the movies. If you're old enough, you've seen Yul Brynner as Pharaoh and Charlton Heston as Moses, or you've seen the Prince of Egypt cartoon version. These are all great stories. And it's true, and God sends Moses, and there's this epic battle, and God wins the day, and, and he specifically chooses a really stubborn guy named the, the Pharaoh. Who's, he's like, I've chosen him because his heart's so hard that he's going to have a lot of trouble with me because I'm going to win, but he's going to fight me, but I'm going to win, but he's going to fight me some more, and I'm going to win. We're going to keep going at it, and the whole world's going to see it. So I've chosen him so that my name will be glorified, and everyone will know there's no name but the name of Yahweh in all the earth. And, and if you didn't know, Egypt had a bunch of gods like all the nations did, and all of those plagues that came against Egypt were a direct assault of one of the gods of Egypt. They worshiped the Nile as a god. They worshiped frogs as a god. They worshiped all those things that happened in those plagues. And I think, you know, the story. And if you don't, we'll read that another time. But God delivers them. It's a miracle. They come out of Egypt. Egypt is destroyed and plundered. And here the world's superpower is brought to its knees as a bunch of slaves leave the front door of the nation, and they take the gold and the silver and all the good stuff from the nation with them. Remember, it's an amazing story, and it's like victory. They get to the mountain. God establishes a covenant at Mount Sinai and, is, and makes them from a people into a nation and makes them a model nation for all the nations of the earth, sets up laws and rules that to this day are the foundation for every law um, in the societies like America. I mean, our whole system of law is based on what God gave them. It's remarkable. And God says, you know, I'm taking you to this promised land that I promised the forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're going to go in there. You're going to take the land. It's going to be wonderful. They get right to the border of the land, and it happens really quickly. They should have just marched right in and taken their promise, their possession. Do you know this story? Okay, so they get there, and God says, pick 12 of you guys and go and check out the land and spy it out and come back and give a report. So they go in, and they're like, wow, it is amazing. And they come back, and 10 of them say, it is amazing. There's lots of great fruit. It's a land flowing with milk and honey, but they've got big people in there, giants, and they're going to chew us up. We can't go in. And Caleb and Joshua, two of the the spies, they say, shut up, everybody. We absolutely can go in. God has given this to us. God will give us victory. It's his promised land. Let's go in and take the land. God will give it to us. But the 10 guys started giving an evil report, and the whole nation began to grumble and complain, and they crowd out at night, and they said, oh, why did we ever come out of Egypt? It was better to be slaves. And they're like on the border of the promised land. Do you know this story? It's just like incredible to me. They could have walked in the next day and had their victory and walked into what they wanted. But instead, they begin to complain. And oh, they grumble. You know what grumbling is? It's the noise of complaining. You ever have your stomach grumble? It's like it's time for the preacher to stop because lunch is ready, right? <laughs> and your stomach's going. Rrr. It's the noise. And they complain. And then they started talking to each other. They said, you know what? Let's kill Moses and let's kill Joshua and raise up another leader and go back to slavery. I mean, the insanity. And they complain and complain and complain and complain and complain. And, find, and they say, you know what? We're going to die there if we go in. And Joshua and Caleb are saying, no, stop it, stop it. Let's go in. And eventually God says, how long will you complain against me and not believe in my promises? You said you thought you would die. Well, I tell you what, you're going to have what you said, and you're going to die in this desert, and only your children will enter, and it's going to take 40 years. You could have walked in tomorrow, but you're going to rot in this desert and die because you're such a complaining, mumbling, groaning bunch of people. And I read that, and I go, Lord, let me never complain <laughs> because there's so much power. So, so Thanksgiving 
seems to have creative power in a sense that when you begin to give thanks, and, and Jennifer referred to this, and, and you're grateful, and you even she's physically dancing as gratefulness, it builds up faith. But complaining tears down faith and builds up unbelief. And unbelief will destroy you. Possibly, God has given you promises, and there's a promised land waiting for you to walk into, but there are giants in the land, and God's going to give you the weapons to destroy those giants, but you've got to use those weapons and destroy the giants and walk into your promise. But if you just start complaining about oh, all the problems and make them big and exalt them and stop exalting God, you'll be defeated and never enter into your promised land. And I think that's the case for a lot of Christians. So stop that stinking thinking <laughs> and learn about thanksgiving and the power of thanksgiving. So what is thanksgiving? Is it just the words thank you? No. That, so out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So thanksgiving is a condition of a heart that sees God at work. Sees God at work in the world and sees God at work in my life. And out of that, there's a natural response of gratefulness, which also has a piece of joy in it. Because if you know that God's been at work, and you know that everything that God does is good, and you see his handiwork all around you, and you see it in your life, and you look back in your life and you see God. We sing that song about the goodness of God, right? You've always been good to me. That results in some joy, and God bless you, and some peace and contentment which turns out into love for the Lord. And you're starting to hear those words I always talk about, love, joy, peace, hope, and faith. So out of that comes an overflow in your mouth of thankfulness to God, but it starts as a heart that's full of gratefulness. And you're already living in the promise because you have peace, you have love, you have joy. And it overflows also in hope and faith as you speak out what God has done for you and you say, thank you, Lord. But the other thing is to not see God at work in your life and not see God at work in the world, and you act like God has never done anything. In fact, you're not sure there even is a God. And you exalt the problem, and you mumble, and you groan and complain about it, and the problem gets bigger, and your unbelief grows into a powerful force to stop you from living for Jesus and stop you from entering into the fullness of the kingdom of God. You with me? So you have in your hand, actually in your mouth, the ability to stir up thankfulness by simply beginning to say out what you know is true about God in the world. So I can start pretty much every morning, and I try to do this every morning. Before my feet get out of the bed, I go, oh, this is a day you made. It's going to be a good day. Since you made it, I can rejoice in it. Rejoice sounds like joy. Thank you for this day. Thank you that you chose to give me another day. And I start the role of thanksgiving. And it starts producing in me peace and love and joy before I can get to complaining that I got to get out of bed and feed those darn cats that my daughter got. <laughs> See the difference? <laughs> Which is true. Usually I'm the first one up and I'm feeding the cats who are asking for food. But... Instead, I say, thank you for today. Do you know this, this scripture? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So I start out my day. I recommend this. Here's a, here's a piece of a tool for you. Before you get out of bed, take a moment, wake yourself up in bed, and go, oh, today is the day the Lord made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. That's thankfulness, and it will start to build faith for your day, and your day will go better, I promise, already. So I better read some scripture to you. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5 8. No, 5 16, 17, and 18. This scripture is written to a suffering church in a place called Thessalonica. And, and Paul is the writer. He's planted this church. He's giving them kind of a set of instructions at the end, some exhortations. And this scripture is up there. You see, the end of it says, For this is God's will for you. Lots of people are saying, I don't know what God's will is. I'm trying to find God's will. Could you please teach me how to hear the will of God? Because I want to walk in the will of God, and I don't know what God's will is. I've got the answer for you today. I can tell you definitively what God's will is for your life. You're not happy about that? Okay. Here's God's will. Be joyful always. 
pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. No, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Some people mix it up. You mean I'm supposed to say thank you that I lost my job and I'm about ready to lose my car because I can't make the payments? I'm supposed to say thank you for that? No, don't thank God for that. Thank him in that for what else he's done. How about this? You know what? Lived a while now, and God has always come through. So far, every time, he's come through because I'm still here. And if he hadn't come through every time so far, I wouldn't be here. I am here, so he's always come through. I've got a feeling he's going to come through again. Thank you, Lord, that you've always come through. And when you talk like that, the problem that you're facing today seems to get smaller, and the truth of who God is and what he's already done gets bigger. You know this. In everything, in every circumstance, give thanks, for this is the will of God. It's, it, this is powerful. So th- what happened there is my heart wasn't quite yet there, but my brain was kind of there. And my mouth could follow what my brain told to do. So I began to think a little bit about a little truth I knew and started to speak it out. And that made my heart get a little happier. And then my brain said, oh, there's more. And then my mouth spoke more. And then my heart got, and it seemed to create thankfulness in me. And you can build up thankfulness by just looking around your life. You step outside and go, wow, this is kind of nice living in California. I like this weather. Thank you, Lord. You did a good job today. Look at this weather. My goodness. Look at the sunshine. Thank you for the, oh, that feels good on my skin. Thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. Thank you for my skin responding to the feel. Oh, and then you get in the shower. I love to give thanks in the shower because if you've ever traveled where they don't have a shower, you get really thankful when you have a shower, right? And my shower, maybe yours has this feature, has this little thing I, I turn on and the water is hot. Ooh, and it's steamy. Doesn't that feel good on your back right there? And I've got like a sour massage thing. So I'm like, oh, Lord, thank you for this shower. You didn't have to give it to me. I could be washing out of a bucket of cold water, and that would be fine. That'd be, I'd be nice to have water. That'd be good for a lot of people. So thank you for water, but thank you for this shower. And you begin to thank God for the things that he's given you in your life, and I'm telling you, the other circumstances start to diminish because you think, oh, I can also pray for the needs that I have with a spirit of thanksgiving, and my faith seems to be stronger, and faith seems to have a part of how prayer gets answered, so I'm thankful, and I'm praying, and I'm praying with thanksgiving, which is a way that you'll read all through the Bible about how to pray. We don't have time to read all the scriptures where you see the word thankfulness, but pray with thanksgiving. Faith builds, answers come, and in spite of circumstances, whether they're really great or they're not great yet, I can say with Paul, I've learned the secret of being content in all situations because I'm learning to be a person who has a heart that's overflowing with gratefulness and thankfulness that's producing joy and peace and love. And it doesn't matter what's going on around me. If I'm full of love and joy and peace that reaches out with hope for a better tomorrow and some faith to see what isn't yet until it comes, I'm living all right. That's called living in the kingdom of God. You're already experiencing the future that is to come now. Are you with me? Thank you, Brother Michael. A smart preacher by the name of John Piper wrote this, Thanksgiving and faith are two voices that have a conversation in one's soul. Imagine, if you will, the individual who's standing on the precipice of a waterfall where the future cascades over the present and collects in a beautiful pool below. Waterfall Thanksgiving is the voice that is constantly looking back to the glorious pool that has collected all the grace that flowed by and is shouting, isn't God great? Look what he's done. See what he's done in redemptive history and see what he's done in my own personal life. The voice of gratitude then turns to faith and says, do you see what God has done? Do you hear me? Now do your job. So faith is the voice that's constantly looking ahead, anticipating God's grace flowing his way into the future. Faith needs to hear and listen carefully to gratitude. On the basis of all that God has done, faith says, I will now embrace with certainty the promise of God for my future. Gratitude has a place in informing faith as to what it can bank on. Isn't that good? 
Well, you liked it. Just you and me can't. We like John Piper. I think they liked it, but they're having to think. Like, is that right? You just kind of, ooh, let me just settle on that. Did you say John Piper is old? What does that have to do with anything? I'm old. <laughs> How about another scripture? Okay, 11.03, 11.03, which means we'll end this soon. Colossians chapter 3. In this scripture, by the way, whenever you see the word you or your, it's plural as in all y'all. Okay, as you and the congregation together. Let the peace of Christ rule in all y'all hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. It's tied together, the peace in the body of Christ. Have you ever noticed when someone starts complaining how the peace runs out of the room in a hurry? You've been in that room? You were just fine. You were just doing fine, and someone starts complaining, and you stop being fine, and you started agreeing with them, going, well, that's kind of right. Life sucks. I shouldn't say that, huh? It's a bad word. And you join in with the grumbling and complain. Next thing you know, you're wanting to assassinate Moses and go back to slavery. That's what complaining does. But it's thankfulness does the opposite. Let the peace of God rule in all y'all's heart and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom. As you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which we just did, but listen to the context and the disposition of how we do the word and how we do the worship with gratitude. In your heart. See, thankfulness is the overflow of the mouth of a gratitude filled heart. Gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You can, when you're being attacked, face off the attacker and get discouraged and complain about the attacker, or you can turn back to God and give thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ for everything you have in Jesus. All of the things that have happened. Have any of you given your life to Jesus and had your sins forgiven? You're no longer on the way to hell. You were headed for hell. You were living in hell now and headed for eternity of hell. And someone told you the truth about Jesus. He took your sins on a cross. And if you just believe in him, he'd take them away and cleanse you and give you a life of righteousness and peace and joy. And you believed in him and you were saved. That's enough to be thankful for. You know, when you're being attacked by some person at your office or in your family, which seems even worse, maybe it's a mother-in-law. There was a laughter of pain with that. And you look to God and say, Lord, I don't know about that, but I know this. I'm in heaven now, and I'm going to heaven in my future. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross and dying for my sins. You forget about your mother-in-law for a minute. I thankfully have a really awesome mother-in-law, so if you're watching, Mom, I love you and have no problems. <laughs> By the way, I just realized, better cover that base. Okay. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> when depression comes knocking at your door, some of you know depression. When anxiety sneaks around a corner and attacks you, and you feel like you can hardly breathe because you're looking at the circumstance. When you rehearse the circumstance, you'll go down into the pit of despair. But when you say, no one's home, and you say, Lord, look who's knocking at the door. I'm going to fight that depression with joy right now because this is the day the Lord has made, and I can rejoice in it. Rejoicing has words. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Glory to you. I'm so thankful for your life in me. Thank you for what you've done in the past. Thank you for my family. Thank you that I'm in a house today. Thank you that I had a hot shower this morning. Thank you that there's breakfast in my stomach today. 
thank you, Lord, for these things you've given me. And depression might not have much success getting through your door today. Now, I, just let me just add this. I don't want to at all minimize the, the, the difficulty of mental illness, including depression that's ment- mentally, that has a, a chemistry component in your brain. I know it's hard. I don't want to minimize and act like, yeah, just be thankful and you're done. No. But I am telling you there is a point of attack that you have, and you have a weapon in your hand, and it's called a grateful heart and a thankful heart. And if you will use this weapon, you will watch it get stronger. It's one of those weapons that as you use it, seems to get more ammo and more power. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine a gun that the more you shoot it, the more firepower it gets? Worship, praise, and thanksgiving is like that. Conversely, complaining is also like that. If you give place to complaining, its firepower gets bigger and the problems look larger than they really are. But thanksgiving and praise results in joy of the heart that comes out of the mouth, that gets the heart more, that gets the mind going, that gets to the word of God, that gets faith, that gets the story of God, that gets salvation, that gets the salvation history of the whole world, that gives the promise of the future, that gives the experience of my past, that gives the good things that have already happened to build up and rise in a grateful heart that's now filled with joy and peace and love, exuding praise out of my mouth and thanksgiving. And the problems just lose their power and their impact. Well, Lori likes this. So we have these verses that we'll end with. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Do you like the presence of the Lord? Well, use some thanksgiving and you might just enter into the presence of the Lord every day. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Then Psalm 100 that I said we'd end with, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts, the presence of God with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.